Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nano Community Tech. Today is a special episode. We're taking a little bit of a break from our usual uh, interviews to t- talk a little bit more about the personal tech I own and a friend of mine. We have on the line Jamie Morell. I've known Jamie for what is it now three, three years, uh, years yeah. or so. Yeah, yeah. We met we met uh, while working together at clients, and uh, and our love of technology was the common theme of conversation on many occasions. It was, it was. I was, I was very jealous of your iPad Pro. Yes, it was something I took around with me all the time. And actually that same iPad Pro is still with me. In fact, our recording today is being done on that. So how about that? There you go. There you go. So the episode today really wanted, I wanted to focus on uh, the technology that we use. The technology that you and I have often spoken about, the technology that you and I use in both of our personal lives as well as in our professional lives, and and just a, a bit of a dialogue, I suppose, on how this technology makes our lives easier. Now, uh, Jamie, as you know, in on the podcast and those who are listening, we've always talked about how technology makes lives uh, better for all of us across the board. So this is, you know, from a from a larger sort of more macro level at the at the nation level of the state or the uh, the city level. This is that op- unique opportunity where you get to say, well, it actually impacts our homes and our and the people that we live uh, with, and and of course ourselves and how we consume and how we keep ourselves up to date, and and most importantly, um, how how entertainment happens. So I think it's a it's a good opportunity here to unpack some of that. Uh, but really, uh, you know, the, the love of technology is what brings a lot of us together. And my love of technology started a long time ago. Uh, and, it, and it didn't, it, and, you know, money was the thing that kept me away from all the things that I wanted. And as I sort of journeyed through my career, I found myself more and more enticed and uh, <laughs> spending uh, heaps more money on tech, and I'm in a fortunate position now that I can I can you know look at look at a new piece of tech and go oh do I really need it and if I do I can go out there um, have a bit of savings and actually buy it because it is Jamie I'm sure you'd agree is not a cheap hobby to have. Oh, it's not. It's not. It's it's definitely that balance between do I need it, do I want it, and can I afford it and um, Unfortunately, the more money you have, the, the more you have to sort of rely on yourself to actually put the brakes under things and not spend the money. Self-control, my friend, something that uh, I have yet to uh, certainly <laughs> learn, learn a lot from. So I think, um, you know, the love of technology certainly has been, has been um, going on for a while. And, and in that time, I've owned and uh, used lots of different gadgets. I have tried to influence those around me to, to buy and to procure and even to inherit some of the gadgets that I've, I no longer use and, um, and, and, you know, and, and continue their, their, uh, you know, enhancing their lives. So, you know, if I can share a little bit of my experience, my mom, my dad, you know, they were, they were always very hesitant about technology 
And I think having being introduced to the ease of use of some of these gadgets that I have uh, not only used myself, but also taught them how to, how to engage with. I think what I've created is a, a diehard Facebook fan in the form of my mom who uses it in social media generally um, way more than I do. And, and she, you know, finds this as a, she, she looks at this as a great way to keep in touch with family and friends. And I think the, the technology that has brought that much connectivity, sometimes a bit too much connectivity, but uh, never mind about that. Uh, but we find that uh, it does enhance people's lives. And in, and in this time where we all know there's a pandemic happening, and particularly here in Sydney, we're all in lockdown. Uh, technology is really the uh, the binding force that brings us all together. Is this, by and large, been your experience, Jamie? I know you have family, both uh, local and overseas. Yeah, no, it definitely has. Um, technology is one of those things that has just has made it a lot easier to live away from from my family. So my family are in the UK, and um, as soon as I, I actually I actually joined Facebook when I came travelling over to, to Australia. And um, so that I could keep in touch with people, that that was sort of the driver for me. It, it'd been going for probably a year or so before I moved over here, um, and I and I joined it so that I could start keeping in touch with people. And that was before WhatsApp and, and all those other things that you used to to keep in touch. Back back in the day when you'd just put a one liner on there and everyone would respond because there weren't many people on each other's groups. Um, and now, yeah, my my family, I keep in touch with my family a lot. Um, we use technology for that purpose. My dad is 83. He's got his iPad mini. He, he, he FaceTimes me more than anybody else I know. Um, he's always messaging me and, and trying, he, he's using every bit of technology. He doesn't do it on purpose sometimes, but he uses it to, to stay in touch. And, that, and it's been really, really useful for that. Um, and I think it's evolved over the time. I think, I think that. Whereas initially it would have been a Facebook thing and everyone's had visibility of, of what was going on. I think things have moved to more sort of one, one-to-one or one-to-many one to many sort of groups that, that I, I seem, tend to use more now these days. Hmm. Yeah, look, I've, I've certainly noticed uh, my family being very uh, chatty sometimes. Uh, I, I, I often tease my mom and my dad saying that they, they have at least eight ways of contacting me and, uh, you know, FaceTime, WhatsApp. Uh, and, and the list goes on Facebook, Instagram, all of them, uh, all the all the usual suspects. I think what I've noticed is that the advancement of the type of gadgetry they've used, um, and the almost the ecosystem that they have uh, invested in, and this is both from an Android, uh, iOS, as well as Mac and Windows. So they they're pretty agnostic when it comes to. <laughs> where their loyalty to a certain ecosystem, which I yet, which I have constantly told them to uh, to to be to to be a bit more focused, but you know they it it still works. So they 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 have they have that kind of um, initiative, I suppose. To if they want to do something, if they want to get in touch, uh, especially they have all their calls, and especially with us kids, where um, when I say kids, I mean my siblings and so on. We we're we're spread across the world, so this is a great way. And and for whatever uh, you know, for whatever it's worth, this is 
the it's the it's the gateway to the rest of the world, I suppose. Uh, especially given where they are currently and the uh, pandemic lockdowns and so on. So I think I think it's safe to say that uh, we we both agree that gadgets and technology as a whole is is quite pivotal and central in our lives and has made a huge difference both in our professional and and personal lives. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I, I, I have struggled with a bit with with technology um, in the personal life is actually with my mother-in-law and trying to get her across the technology. And she's a little bit older. She's in a, a sort of late 80s. And actually the technology makes it something makes it harder. So the the smart TV that has too many buttons and um, the the touchscreen computer that just has too many ways to do things can be a little bit challenging. Um, she's even got a magnifier that's a computer, that's a tablet, you know, and, and all these. Th- so sometimes technology can be a bit of a barrier to actually people still interacting with with, with their family. Um, she's in a nursing home, so we don't always see her face to face and and all that. And and, and I spend a lot of time uh, as a, a personal hotline as well, um, sort of helpline for for whatever it might be, whether it be a battery change needs happening or, or actually an app has crashed and having a clue what to do. Um, and, I'm, and unfortunately, I feel that, that sometimes then the conversation um, sort of talks around technology all the time rather than actually the relationship and, and the conversation it needs to be. Um, I, I suppose a little bit, a bit like, like the moment with COVID, every, every conversation goes to COVID at some point. And it's a bit like, ah, can we just have a conversation rather than talking about the technology fail that, that's going on that I need to, to help you with? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, at some point we are, we're hoping the technology then fades away. The actual technology layer fades away and the, um, yeah. and the enablement becomes more and more uh, um, a front and center. But until that happens, I continue to enjoy a slew of gadgets that, that are constantly surrounding me. And, and I think it would be a good, let's, let's have a bit of a conversation about that because we were actually doing this over quite a, a very, I would almost imagine a mirrored setup. So what I've got going for, to record the pod, this podcast is by and large how you've set up yours. So, so just on uh, just a quick overview, I've got, a, I've got an iPad, an iPad Pro from 2018 uh, and I'm running Zoom actually to connect uh, to collect uh, uh, the video as well as the audio from this conversation. And uh, that's streamed, uh, uh, that's connected rather to a microphone that is picking up a lot of this audio. Uh, and I know, Jamie, you've got, you've got a similar setup over there. Can you talk a little bit about it? I do, yeah. I've got my brand new, relatively new now, um, iPad Pro 2021, um, which I've been hanging out for, for probably since I met Sandeep, actually. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to wait for the next one and then the next one and the next one. And it never quite improved enough until this one. I'm like, right, that's it. I'm buying it. I've got, uh, I saw a magic keyboard, um, which is very cool. And it's white, which I feel like might be a mistake at some point when it gets a bit dirty. Uh, I've got the Apple Pencil on top. Um, I haven't got a microphone set up to it, um, mainly because of the something which I think we'll talk about a bit later probably is around the different ways you can connect your devices and the fact that this is USB-C and my microphones are all lightning um, and I haven't got that connection. Um, I've got some AirPod Pros and some AirPods sitting next to me, which I haven't connected to because I think the sound isn't as good as, as it is when you have it over the, the iPad directly. Um, 
and that's it. Yeah, that that's my setup. And look, I I think uh, I think you did the right thing to get the uh, the latest iPad. It seems to have have a great screen. Is that is that what you've noticed? I have, and and like I mean, you really have to look carefully to really notice a massive difference between mine and yours. But I, I think you know having the larger iPad with the nano LEDs and all of that. Um, it's definitely the blacks are really black and it's, it, I've, I, it doesn't skip a beat. There's, at no point does there any lag with anything that I do. Um, and I've always had that, that idea that, you know, buy the most, the best quality, the highest spec you can, um, can afford because it will last you longer. So this is my third iPad um, and the others have lasted me a long time and are still being used. Now, I remember looking at your iPad when we first met and I, I knew that that was a, and, and, you know, seeing the same iPad a year later and the year, year after that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I was impressed that, uh, that the machine could keep going for as long as it did. And I kind of echo that because I've not upgraded my iPad since 2018. And at, like you, I don't feel like it misses a beat at all. It's, it's still functioning well, it's uh, I've not noticed any applications taking too long to open up, recording stuff like this, editing. I do my editing uh, on the iPad as well. So basically, what I've done is I've I use my laptop for work. It's an HP laptop. It's pretty good, but because of the massive num amount of uh, applications that are loaded on this uh, you know, the standard operating environment that the organization has. That tends to lag um, and make things a little bit slower. But <clears throat> from my personal setup perspective, I find that the um, that I have just gone just iPad. So I don't own a laptop or anything else apart from the iPad as my main computing device. And like you, I own a Magic Keyboard, which I'm going to just raise um, so you can see that it doesn't really get all that uh, dirty if you occasionally give it a quick wipe. Um, but also, I think I, I find that uh, that that it took me a while to get to a point where I stopped comparing what I did on the iPad uh, to a laptop. So I stopped expecting the experience to be identical and started changing the way I see my interaction with this device. So I must say it was very difficult at first because I, between, you know, I'm sure you would agree that we've spent more of our lives, professional and personal lives using laptops than we have using iPads. And the transition is actually not uh, one for one. Um, and and it's, it actually takes a little bit of effort. And, but, but I'm by and large living proof that you can actually do, you can have that transition and you can make, you know, Apple, did a bunch of ads where they were making fun about, uh, you know, of, they were making fun of computers, um, especially when, and this was iPad ads that, that said something like, well, what is a computer? And, um, and it was just iPads. And, and I, and I know that they got um, a lot of uh, pushback from the, from the tech industry saying, oh, well, you can't, a la an iPad will never be a laptop uh, unless you, start running Mac OS or something uh, and a proper desktop operating system on it. And uh, obviously we can see Apple's not doing that. So it's, it's in, in, I think my, the, cha the change in my workflow, the change in my expectations of the iPad have really helped. 
in, uh, in me being more and more productive, understanding its limitations, and, you know, leveraging what it's good at, which is stuff like this, con- content, media, recording. I, uh, I, I edit my podcast, as I was saying a little bit before, I edit my podcast here. I, uh, I, I do all kinds of refinement and I have a particular, you know, I have an application called Ferrite that, that I use for specifically that. Use the Apple pen- Pencil. You were talking about that a little bit before. I actually use that to do a lot of my editing mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and, and I publish it through, of course, the iPad as well. That's a cloud publishing, publishing application that I use um, yeah. called Podbean. And, and, you know, the whole workflow took several months to, to get down pat and now it's, it, it works well. Yeah. And I, and I, th- I think that the Apple are intentionally merging their operating systems to, to, to mirror each other and, and, to, and to work very similar to each other. So the, the magic keyboard I've got has actually got a trackpad on it. Oh, yeah. um, and so you know the mouse works pretty pretty normally as if as if you'd expect it on a computer. Um, I've got a paper like um, screen protector on my on my thing, so mm-hmm. that you, when you're writing, it feels like an actual pencil on a, on a piece of paper. It it's it's fairly good. Yeah, it, it's, it definitely improves the experience. Um, so th- there's there's a and, and also I think with work laptops because they've become touchscreen over the over the last sort of maybe five years or so more, more readily then you are starting to feel like the actual transition is not as big a transition as it would have been previously how do you feel about touch screens on laptops from, from my perspective they, they can get a bit of a nuisance because i accidentally touch stuff but but maybe you have a different workflow you're a big pointer so i know that you do point mm-hmm. and touch stuff on the screen so i can understand that um but um I, I I do find myself so I've got a, a my desk. I'm actually sitting at my desk that I'm, I'm working from home from home with, um, and I've got a a, a big curved uh, monitor with a webcam on that and specific speaker and sit stand desk and all these sorts of things. But I find myself every now and then touching my curved screen and going, ah, oh, why doesn't that work? So uh, I, I I'm I'm very used to the touching. I think it's because of using the iPad that you do just naturally go up there. Um, but I think I feel that that when you're not using a mouse and you're just using a laptop and using the the um, trackpad, then it na- you naturally do move up and down to the screen, and I and I, and I think you can. So when I'm when I'm going to browsing, definitely I'm always using the touchscreen. Probably for resizing things and that, I probably don't use the touchscreen, um, but I would use that on my iPad. So it, it's it's a, it, it, you're right. I think that that you when you change your expectations of what your your tablet can do um and you and you just go right i'm gonna or you go i'm gonna make the use of this as best i can i'm gonna ignore my laptop um as you say you haven't even got a laptop i've got a 2013 um macbook pro um that we've been using for, for, for the last sort of eight years um quite comfortably and it still goes i mean now it's a bit like um triggers broom where where uh, it's had uh, an upgraded hard drive upgraded memory you know everything's been kind of slowly replaced in it but it still goes goes well um the battery probably needs to be replaced is the next thing if i if i was going to but the idea is that the ipad will now replace that for us as well at home right i mean the the setup that you have at home uh is obviously conducive to a to a professional sort of uh, work environment, including the big screen. So you've got, pro- it's a very productivity focused um, yeah. work, work space, I would imagine. Um, 
does this mean that the transition to say your your personal uh say you know, entertainment and all that does that does that also happen in this pro- professional work setup place or do you have a different spot for that um, or is it just kind of merged so it uh, i'm fortunate i've got a separate workspace it's mm-hmm. kind of the the den that, that i made uh, a couple of years ago um which does have so it's also my fun space as well so i've also got a projector i've got um sonar system in here i've got decks i've got surround sound i've got a whole bunch of other stuff in here so there's definitely a bit of blurring going on um it's very rare that i have the projector on whilst working though um i try uh, to do that at the same time um but but otherwise yeah so so yeah so it, it, the, the, the blur for me again so I, i've really started to try and use my my ipad for work as well uh, and so when i'm when i'm actually in the office i go around to meetings i will not carry my laptop i'll just carry my ipad around all um, oh, right, and, and so the I suppose the blur then is 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 that I use this personally and I use it for work as well. I use it for both, and I, I'm looking forward to actually the new IRS, which has different focus modes, where I will actually go turn off the work notifications during my personal time. And I I do the same uh, with my iPad. It's both my work and my personal device. So at work, I use it to take notes. I use it to um, as a second screen where I, I require, uh, with the laptop obviously being the primary device. And very quickly, I find things like getting on a on a meeting, say a Teams or a WebEx meeting, which is what we by and large use for work. Sometimes even Google Meet. It's so much quicker on the iPad, so I can just you know tap tap tap, maybe three taps all together, and I'm in a meeting. And the audio works flawlessly. The video, by and large, works flawlessly. But I find that it's not the yeah. same when it comes to the laptop. So it's way more clicks, a much more involved workflow, um, and takes a lot longer. So, yeah. so that's that's my. It's almost as if that's my backup device in case whatever anything that goes wrong on the laptop uh, i've got i've got a stand in device but but when i'm not using my my ipad for meetings i am definitely taking notes and i've actually looked at paper like and uh, and getting that on the screen i wonder if it's a game changer from from your perspective it definitely improves things i think it'd be good to test them both next to each other and, and see how that how that goes so so next time we catch up, we can uh, definitely do that that test. Absolutely, and for those of us who are not familiar with Paperlike, it's a lay, it's a screen protector that actually makes the uh, surface of the iPad feel like paper. Um, so you could write with the kind of friction that you would normally get when you write with a pe- with a pen on a piece of paper. So I think, yeah, I've, I've seen some reviews on it. I I find that it's a it's quite it's it's an instant reading. Now at work, I walk around with a laptop and an iPad at all times. Unless I go, I'm going for a meeting that's outside of my work premises, then if, I can, if I'm not presenting anything, I usually just take my iPad. Um, otherwise, the, the whole kit comes along. So, so on one hand, I am actually traveling to work a lot heavier than usual. Yeah. But I, have, I then have the option during the day to be... To, to travel light 
that makes yeah. sense. And that, and that's exactly what what I decided to do. So I, I decided that my iPad was going to be my note taking device generally. And so when I was presenting, it would be using a laptop and then have the, the iPad as, as that separate device. But then where possible, I will ditch the, the, the laptop and just take the iPad. So and I, unless I know I'm going to have to use a particular bit of software that I have to use on my laptop, I won't, I won't take it with me. Yeah, yeah. And I think I wonder if they, they'll solve the whole presentation part of things because we, you and I both, both agree that it's, you know, getting on to the, to the, the file structures, getting on to uh, screen sharing perhaps uh, w- with a PowerPoint deck open or something like that. That seems to be by and large the use case. Imagine if that all of that could happen flawlessly on the iPad. Would this mean that the laptop didn't need to exist anymore and it's just the one device that goes with us everywhere? Can you imagine a world like that? Yeah, so I, I would say that Apple are designing things so that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would say that their their new software update that's coming out will uh, they demonstrated um, in their latest um, uh, town hall what, what do they call it um, worldwide developer concert conference um, whereby you've got your Mac up and you've got your iPad and your cursor can go across from your from your iMac across onto your iPad and then across onto another Mac or something so the idea that they definitely see that it all interacting and that actually you're not going to replace it you're going to going to supplement it with another mac device apple device you, you sound like you're a fan of the ecosystem i am and, and the funny thing is i am a fan uh, and there and every day i learn something new that i can do which i, I find quite exciting the inner geek in me um loves it just the other day i I, I remember reading about it, but had never done it, where you can copy something on your phone and then you can paste it on your iPad uh, without having to do the, you know, linking it across. It just comes up. It's just there. I was like, wow, this is great. Um, but I also, in my house, I do have a bunch of other devices um, uh, other and smart assistants and other things, which um, are not in the Apple ecosystem. Um, and I somehow it seems to work okay. Um, yeah, and and it's interesting because I, I I'm a big fan of the ecosystem as well, and I and it's one of the reasons why I continue to invest hard-earned money into the Apple ecosystem, and I feel like thing when things work together, I get the best benefit out of them. So I can you know it's flawless. Uh, nobody knows if I'm messaging them from the iPad or from the mobile phone. It all seems very connected. Same thing with FaceTime. Same thing with you know, all the apps that we use, it's just so well connected. And and I think that's going back to the point we made a little bit earlier, which is where the technology fades away and doesn't become the f- layer of navigation. And it just means that it's irrelevant which device you have, but yeah. it's more relevant what objective you're trying to achieve. So the co- copy and paste feature is, is a godsend. That's an incredible feature. And it was introduced... I think a couple of uh, updates ago or something like that. I can't quite remember which iOS version, but uh, but but maybe a couple of years ago. And that that was uh, a big that was a big thing for me because I I didn't know at that time that I wanted that feature <laughs> until so until, until I I had this one opportunity where I went oh I need I, I need to copy and paste between devices. And it just it was just there, and I was amazed. And from I think that's when 
when you have such a positive experience with something like that, you just kind of, it, it goes back into your memory and, and you use it every single time. And I can't imagine, imagine these devices working as well with one another if that feature wasn't there. You, you're, you're right there. You, you hit the nail on the head on, on where it's, if it's seamless and just works, you just forget about it. It just, it just fades into the background. And it's the moment it's like it doesn't work that you realize how much you use it and how much you need it until it doesn't work. That's when you realize how much you've been using it uh, and you haven't really appreciated how much it, uh, of a difference it's made in your life. Well, and I guess when I think about the, uh, the reverse of that, which is can I confidently take the dogs for a walk without my phone, without my watch, without device, without my devices? Because Would you get lost? <laughs> I, I think I would. I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, philosophically, I'd be completely lost. I'd had an existential um, situation there. But the, the, I think the issue I have is just that they're, they're be- these devices have become such a part of me that I feel a bit unusual. And I know some people might call it an addiction perhaps, but feel a little unusual without, without them around me. It's, it's just this layer of comfort that's, that's taken away. Do you get that too? Uh, definitely, definitely. So I, I, I went for a surf this morning. I have a surf tracking app on my watch. If uh, I, I actually, and, and I'm never disconnected from my watch like my, or some sort of part of the technology. So I'm, you know, when I go skiing, I've got trackers on the watch as well. The phone doesn't need to be around, but, but I tend to have it sometimes, but not always. Um, uh, for me, the, probably the, the, the most disconnected I come. So, so when I, when I get, so sort of nighttime routine, I, I will take the watch off quite early. And I'll take, put the phone onto a, um, wireless charging pad in another room and then I disconnect, but I'm still got the TV on or I've still got something else going on, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it's very rare that you're disconnected. I, I do like the feeling of disconnection. And I, th- I think, I think more and more it's important to, to take that time out. Um, I didn't have my watch on for some reason the other day and I, and I was like, Oh, that's weird. And then I was like, Oh, actually I'm not missing, not getting the notifications. It's okay. Yeah. Those are annoying. Those notifications. I've turned a lot of them off. Yeah. But, but, you know, just talking about the Apple Watch, which is an in- interesting little device. Again, one of those devices, I think, that starts its life with the, why would I need this? Why would I not just want to um, get my phone out, which is less than a couple of seconds away from my, um, you know, from, from me being able to use it? I think it's one of those opportunities to dive in and go, well, can I enhance my workflow anymore? With the watch. So this morning, while I was, uh, we, we were doing a, a pandemic style workout, which is just, you know, the park opposite um, where I am. And I've got, I had my iPad there and the setup was uh, that it was connected to my phone, which was in the bag. Uh, and, and I was on, as on, on 5G. And I had the Zoom session going with the, uh, a live Zoom session going with the, um, with the fitness group that I'm, that I'm, that I'm part of. And, um, my partner Emily reached out and messaged me at that time, and whilst doing my burpees, <laughs> right, I look over to my watch and I go, "Oh, she's uh, she she wants to know if I've taken the dogs for a walk," which I hadn't. And I, mid burpee, just responded um, by saying, 
no, I hadn't taken taken the dogs out for a walk, and I and I kind of dictated that to the to the watch, and because the phone was nearby, everything was sent in no time at all. I mean, that's the height of some would call laziness, but that was that was so that was quite a. It, it, now it's become a normal thing, but that that's actually a pretty special and different experience to yeah. having to take the phone out and doing it in the well, let's call it the traditional way. Yeah, de- definitely. It's it's time saving. It's effort saving, um, and you haven't you say you haven't had to stop what you're doing to go off and and do something else. Now that can be a really bad thing as well. Like it's not always a good thing, but I th- I, I I definitely. Uh, I, I tend to use my watch really just to get the notifications. I'd have streamlined my notifications on there as well. Um, I, I, I use it because I would miss calls otherwise because I don't have my phone on. I don't like to have the, the interruption of the phone. Um, I also use it for like silent alarms as well. So waking up in the morning, that sort of thing. So uh, I, I like the fact that you can be discreet. And I was, I was listening to another podcast just the other day actually, which talked about, um, how the watch could be the way that we actually disconnect a bit more from the screen time because because mm. it limits what you can do on it, but it still keeps you in touch when you with people you need to. So you can still stay connected, but you're not you can't sort of scroll through Facebook or Instagram or whatever on your watch, and that might be a better way to to sort of disconnect without totally disconnecting. Um, so, so I think that that the the technology is a good thing and look we've talked a lot about apple but i use i say I use a lot of other stuff as well um but i don't uh, i do have to check myself because i i definitely find that you can be overconnected, and i as you did with the, with the notifications i did sort of last year when pandemic was going on and when when there was trump Trump was was happening and all that sort of stuff. I was constantly getting news notifications and this and that, and I, I, my brain was overloaded with information, and so I had to just sort of go cold turkey, turn off the notifications, off, remove the apps, and just stop, stop engaging with it, um, and then sort of slowly wean myself back onto some notifications. I'm glad you did that because I, I, I think a lot of people actually do suffer from, um. From, from that sort of anxiety of just an, an overwhelming sensations that, that these messages and these notifications send out. So I think two things that, that stood out to me from what you just said, one was the fact that the volume of notifications actually becomes, um, tips you over the edge. So in, in a sense that you can either go one or two ways. One is you get the, you get notification fatigue where, they stop matter uh, mattering they, and and they, they stop being significant or you go the other way, which is uh, every, you want to try and consume every single one of them. And it's just never ending. But I also find that <clears throat> the, the other side of things, which is the experiencing some anxiety on having to respond to messages. So mess- notifications, messages, any kind of contact that anyone's, um, made with me which comes up on the apple watch or, or even my phone there's a tendency to feel like i need to respond and interact with it straight away and i don't know where that's from and how i became like that but if i'm not if, if i want to extract myself out of that it's actually quite challenging because i can't stop thinking about responding 
to a message. So it's easy on my brain to just go respond and get it out of the way. Boom. But of course, you know, pros and cons. Yeah. And, and, and that is definitely that whole, you know, getting off your to-do list sort of thing and it's about actually if i just so and that's the sort of thing around working as well when you're working and responding to emails and other other forms of communication you know teams chats this that whatever you you you, your brain is like do i stock all that stuff up and put onto a list and deal with it later and focus on what i need to focus on or do i just get it off my plate so it's not in my in my backlog and i find it really hard i agree with you or, or do it like do I, I feel like I just need to get it out of there, get out of my system. That's just how I work. Now, if I do disconnect from things and I don't know the notifications coming in, I'm fine. Mm. <laughs> but but the, the, the fact that if I see something, if I see an email from someone that I know I really need to reply to, they can wait for half an hour, but actually my brain can't wait for half an hour. And that is the problem, isn't it? That's the conundrum and that's the issue that a lot of us have to deal with given the amount of technology around us. And, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying before, which is, you know, we've got an ecosystem. So we're constantly exposed to those, those elements, be it from our phone, iPad, watch, Apple TV, whatever it may be, all of the above, MacBooks. And, you know, to some extent, I, I am of the view that that should, that, that is a great feature, but it, it doesn't always have uh, positive outcomes. And I think what you said before, which is um, the introduction with the, of the new operating system, the iOS operating system uh, version 15, where, they, where Apple's introduced those focus uh, profiles, which actually allows you to curb a lot of these messages as they come through. I, I find that they started that with uh, CarPlay. So yep. you, could, you could certainly put your automatically put your phone to driving mode and you won't get bugged by all the uh, notifications, which is a great feature, by the way. So you don't want to, even with CarPlay on, um, you don't want to interact with your dashboard, uh, with your car uh, infotainment system and take your eyes off the road, which it can easily happen. Yep. <clears throat> but at the same time, um, we're, you know, I think we're going through that transition period where we will get a, we'll get to a good balance a, a balance that I think individ, individually one would be a lot more um, able to negotiate and you could choose the, the kind of um, involvement you want in this, this sort of ecosystem of notifications and so on, which are, you know, all of them have the same objective, which is they're, they're after your time. So I think you're, you know, you're after, you, you, you'd be a lot more in control um, that is what I think, and, and I think all of us need to mindfully, uh, purposefully, get to that point. Yeah, no, I agree. And and as a parent, I need to role mo- role model the behaviours that I feel that my son needs to to do as well. And it, and it can be challenging when you're getting all these notifications to not to sort of take your focus away from him and and look at your phone, and then he sees that behaviour and will start to think about mimicking that behaviour. So it, it's one of those things that, that I'm constantly thinking about. And, and we're actually in the process of sort of having a bit of more, more time where we actually put the phones away in the evening. So it, it's not around. Um, and I need to turn my watch off uh, and things like that. Well, that's, that's really good. And that kind of, uh, I guess that 
agreement in the household to have a you know zero digital hmm. time or a digital break. I think it's it, it's wonderful. I know my my sister. I, I don't have any kids, but my sister has three, and it's very tempting to just give them each an iPad and just go. Okay, well they can you know now be entertained, and I can t- and she can take a break, but. I think increasingly she's finding that that's that's not that's not the strategy for this um to to actually collectively go into a a digital pause and uh and and actually interact differently. I it's it's a challenge that I think my and certainly my parents never had to deal with. Uh, their biggest their biggest problem was oh you're just watching way too much TV you should be out, you should be outside playing. But this has gone to a whole new level I think with the next with the next generation they just they've, they've been born into technology they've been born i mean my um my nephew when he was i think one or two years old when he started walking crawling he was trying to swipe the big tv because <laughs> it, he was so used to swiping and tapping on the ipad yeah so yeah you know, that's the kind of that's when that's when when the parents saw um <laughs> thumbprints and fingerprints on the tv they're like okay well this has gone far enough now yeah yeah true and um so we we have uh alexa on our sonos system in the house and, and my son loves to ask alexa to play some sort of music or change the lights we got smart we got smart light bulbs in the, in the oh. living room and things like that so he's constantly creating a disco in there and putting some music on um which is all good and well uh, and, and i like it but um it does mean that he actually knows a lot more music than I do because he knows the names and he has to ask the name of them. Whereas me, I'll go to an album. I remember that there's something on it. I like it and, and go through that. Whereas he'll, he'll ask for the song. He'll play all these songs. I don't know. And Alexa just gets it um, until it doesn't get it. And then he gets it wrong. And then it, and then it's, it's like a repeat yourself and repeat yourself and repeat yourself sort of problem. Um, that that's when the sort of technology fails and you, you get a bit frustrated with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause, uh, because obviously these fails tend to put us off the whole uh, experience, but I think we we tend to forgive it when it's uh, one out of ten occasions. Because uh, um, Alexa is great, Google Assistant's great, but Siri, oh my goodness, <laughs> that's been a challenge and a half. Yeah, and, it, uh, and whilst it's, it's improving, but it's not nearly at the level of these other. It, it's other true. Two. Mm. Yeah, and that, that's the that's probably the big letdown in the Apple ecosystem. I'd say for me, is is they haven't got that sort of that sort of home system sort of cross, you know, with the with the um, interactive assistant just getting everything done for you. It it doesn't seem to work, and I, I know that that that's again something else that they're releasing is they're they're allowing other devices to have Siri onto onto them. So I'm hoping that Siri will come to Sonos, which will then give them so much more data that they'll, they'll actually perhaps improve that that experience with with Siri. Yeah, no, absolutely. I look forward look forward to more more improvements and and investing in more in the ecosystem, I suppose. Um so I think it's it's pretty clear that uh technology does play a big part in our lives and we we I think overall my perspective is that technology is important, is integral, um, and it's certainly a an enabler, um, and, and and to some extent also a hobby. Um, and and I I continue to be very 
you know, intrigued. I, I continue to be very inspired by technology. Um, and I continue to watch reviews on YouTube and uh, sometimes to, uh, to, a, to a probably an extent that that's taking up time from other things. So I, you know, I'd, I'd still do it. It's still, it's still just as interesting. I'll watch the same thing um, reviewed by many other YouTube uh, reviews. So I think, and, and that's one of the reasons why I'm, I was inspired to start this podcast, uh, this series of podcasts um, and, and really talk, dive into how technology inspires individuals uh, like us, how technology makes a difference in our lives. So I think the, overall message or overall feel at this point is that it's it's still a very positive thing and it continues to and it'll continue to get better yeah absolutely i think that also we don't things don't have to get more complicated or to 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 get better either i think that sometimes simple simple works really well so with with a lot of this this sort of working from home remotely I've been running many workshops and where you'd normally get your, your sticky notes out and put them on and whiteboards and all that. We've been using simple polling software. So no, it sort of didn't need to replicate the, the virtual whiteboard and the virtual sticky notes, but just using simple polls um, to get people to vote for things and, 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 and that sort of stuff. And that's worked really, really well. Um, it, it's it, it, Sometimes you don't need the, a super high-tech solution to give you that technology outcome that you want. Right. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And as we become more and more, uh, I guess our, our professional lives go more and more in the digital space, I think it's very evident now that we need to keep it simple. And in fact, we're going the other way, which is we're, we're trying to reduce the amount of digital involvement of these devices through the day. So that there's, there's a, um, you know, Zoom fatigue <laughs> other issues that uh, I personally have felt before and to get on another call and try to do um, post-it notes and so on, which again um, is a lot of involvement and I'd rather just have something simple, like you said, a poll or something. And if that, you know, solves the problem, uh, meets its objectives, why not? And I think your attendees of the, those sessions would also appreciate it. Yeah, there's nothing worse than spending half the session trying to explain the technology to people. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that's true. Just reflect on this conversation because it's it's really gone to several places, and I and I find that it's actually quite um, qu- quite a large space to discuss uh, technology. So you know, we talked about the actual technology itself. We talked about the impact technology has on on our you know on our psychology and. Um, what we can cannot live without, how it impacts the, our loved ones. And, it, you know, it's such a big part of our lives. And I think that we both can agree that this is this, the love for technology is only going to bloom more and more as we go forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, this is, this is actually very similar to a very typical conversation that you and I would have any day of the week. Um, we just go into various different things around the different parts of tech and how it's impacting us. One question I've got for you, though, what, what's your favorite bit of tech that you, that you sort of wouldn't leave home without? It's a very good question. And I have been reflecting on this actually throughout our chat. Um, and at this point, I think it would be my iPhone. Yeah, I would definitely not leave the house. And I, you know, I tried to go for a walk with the dogs without the phone, but took the watch. 
<laughs> and and it just wasn't it wasn't the same. So I, I would have to say the phone um, yeah. at this point. But very close second would be in would be the iPad. It goes everywhere with me. <laughs> it really does. Even in yeah. the home, it just goes from one room to another with me at all times. Even when I'm watching TV, it's by my side, just in case there's an ad. <laughs> this might sound <laughs> terrible, but in case there's an ad, I can distract myself with something else on that I needed to read or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's sad. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> what, what about what about you? What what's the one thing you won't leave home without? Oh. The one thing that I I really love, and it, it may not be the only one I wouldn't leave home without, but the one that I find is probably the most seamless in what I do are my AirPods Pro. Mm-hmm. I think I think that when or is it, or is it AirPod Pros? I don't know, one of the two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it, it, when it's in your ear, you just put them in, and it just works, and you just you can have the continuing conversation without even even sort of thinking that, that you have to pick up your phone or your watch or whatever, it's just in your ear. And it's just, I love, I, I love having a conversation with someone whilst just walking around and just talking. It's just, it's like they're there. It's like they're right in your head. I quite like that experience. Um, and although it doesn't necessarily always worked with uh, the ecosystem, I do like the way that it's designed to just transition between devices. Um, it doesn't always work, but, uh, but I like the concept anyway. So I yeah. completely agree. Like it feels like my list has just gone a, a bit larger. I uh, feel like I won't leave my home without the phone, without the iPad, and without the AirPods. And I completely yeah. agree with you too. All right, my friend, thank you so much for making time. I know this is a. I hope you you had just as much fun as I did uh, on this chat. Uh, certainly discussing technologies. My, you know, I could do this all day. Uh, if I had the chance to, but uh, but we got to get on with our uh, with other stuff. Uh, but thank you so much, Jamie. Thanks for making time today. Welcome, my pleasure. Thanks, Ali.